Are you excited for fall? Can you hardly wait for the smell of baking apples? The golden leaves shedding from the trees? Or even the fresher and cooler air? How about drinking a lovely spiced hot chocolate? Clear sky, stargazing bonfires? Or toasting marshmallows? How about brisk, sunny forest walks? Or pumpkin picking down at the local farm? As the northern hemisphere waxes from summer into early autumn, I hope you will enjoy this seasonal and autumnal patron-exclusive story from late last year. I've got no doubts it will get you in the mood for fall. So, as always, lie back, take a nice deep breath, and enjoy this story. Oh, and welcome to Snooze with Sam. Welcome to Snooze with Sam. And another adventure with Sam. Today we're taking a stroll through the Campsy Hills. Right now, you join me just beside a series of waterfalls. This is somewhere I come to quite often, just to get away from the city. It's only maybe 20 minutes away from where I live. It's so easy to feel so remote just nipping up here. Even just five minutes walk off the main road. You could be a million miles away. So right where we stand what can we see? 
We're currently perched up just on a wee rock, maybe about six or seven metres away from the nearest water. In the water itself, there's hundreds of rocks and boulders covered in vibrant green moss. With the water running in between and negotiating the path of least resistance. There's not been so much rainfall recently. So there's a medium amount of water flowing. Not too much and not too little. Over to our right, the first of the larger waterfalls tumbles down into the rock pool below. It's wiggled its way through the glen to get to this point, and the water itself gathers speed, rushing towards the edge of the lip. It's been eroded and channeled away for thousands and thousands of years. The water drops down a few little steps, and then finally the whole lot descends about 20 feet into the pool below. then spread out with the rest of the floor. All around us is a great bowl of a glen, lined with trees on every side that would make it so difficult to walk around. Nearly all the leaves have now fallen from the trees. Only a few little stragglers left. Very brown and very golden. They hang overhead, just leaning out into open space. The roots doing a very good job of keeping their foothold in the rocky face. And on the rocky faces themselves, most of them are scattered with fallen leaves. Little green ferns. And a lot of moss. 
It's places like this that just are the definition of lush and vibrant. Even when we reach into the really cold winter just now, it's still so colourful. Beneath our feet we step mainly on little pebbles in between the larger rocks. They're almost like little beaches of their own beside the faster moving rivers. Little pieces of eroded earth and rock from all around. It's always going to come in shapes and sizes. Hopefully you don't hear too much of it, but there is a strong breeze. It's very cold. I'm very envious of you likely being tucked up in your bed. Maybe one or two degrees Celsius here. So just above freezing. It's very much winter now. It's watching the water move from the main waterfall. A distance of around a hundred feet to the next one. Lots of little streams break off, going their own individual ways. Some of them flowing down. Little small slopes, others gathering in pools and eddying around. Leaves and twigs get caught in little current pools and can't escape. The water flows freely without obstruction. Just a brief moment in its journey from high up in the hills. Taking hours and hours to finally reach its final destination. Which, in this case, is the River Clyde, which is still many, many miles away. So, just before we continue our down the glen towards a little place called Lennox Town we're going to climb a little higher away from the water 
although the flow of the stream and the, the rivers will still be present in the distance. Let's just enjoy the last intensity of this raging torrent. So we just step across the rocks down towards where the water falls away again. Just beneath the pool. The rocks reach dramatic cut-off. A completely sheer drop right over the edge for another 30 or 40 feet. You can hear the hiss and the roar of the water crashing into the the well-washed rocks below. I can only imagine how cold it would be to be in there just now, so I'm quite happy to leave that to our imagination. Down in the pool below us, the water settles out quite a lot and becomes quite calm. huge, open, deep water-carved pool, about 15 metres in diameter and 20 metres in length. Some mossy rocks poke up from underneath where it gets a little shallower. The ripples from the falling water. Shooting off in every direction. Causing the grey overcast sky to reflect back up at us where we stand. Let's continue our walk up the glen and see what we find. The path that takes us down to these waterfalls is quite typically muddy and stony for this time of year. We've already had a couple of frosts, especially the last few nights. So with that comes slightly more broken surfaces everywhere you go, and especially paths like this, where it can be lovely and dry in the summer, but 
but they get a little bit squelchy in winter. Somebody has kindly, at some point in the past, built wooden steps with big pieces of solid timber. But because of how much the path has been used, a secondary path has basically been carved out right beside it. It's a little muddy and a little slippery. You might be able to hear the squelching of our footsteps underneath. So as we climb up, our view opens out over the glen below. As we kind of traverse one side of the glen, looking far down below, a really long way down. The side of the glen is almost entirely covered in bracken, which for again for the most part is died for the year but still just leaves this gorgeous lovely brown colour which is completely in keeping with our season that we're in it still feels very autumnal I always think in the winter that the trees that have lost their leaves they just take on a completely different character, don't they? They suddenly look so old because of their spindly, silvery branches just pointing into the air like little witch's fingers and it just makes them age Whereas if they were covered with leaves, they just look so young and supple and well-nourished. But they are just in their own little hibernation, really. So with rocky grass on our left-hand side, as well as the withering bracken, continue where we walk up the path. As with everywhere around Scotland, I guess you'll always have to mind your feet so that you don't slip. see from so many of the footprints just in front of us that a few unfortunate fellows have already succumbed to that so just cresting the hill at the top 
the sky opens out and we can see all the way over to the south Renfrewshire on the horizon. It's maybe 20 miles away in the distance. And on the very far horizon you can see some little windmills and it's mainly forestry. The hills around here roll quite gently. Where we actually are is probably one of the steepest places in the lowlands anyway. The border of the highlands, any further north of here, you start to reach places like Stirling and Loch Lomond, and we are looking south to where it flattens out, but it's no less beautiful. It's just in a different way. So beneath the overcast sky there are some lovely wispy cirrostratus clouds. It's that kind of sky that the sun is always trying to get through and we're staring right at it just now but it's just a very heavy glow right in a certain point, so very evidently where the sun is, but not so bright that you can't look straight at it, even though I shouldn't look straight at it anyway, should we? As my parents always used to say, you'll go blind. Well, arrogant little boy that I was, I just looked at it anyway, didn't I? until it started to hurt, in which case you realise they were completely correct but you're not allowed to let them know that the ignorance of children is quite a wonderful thing sometimes so we're just dropping down a little further down the glen now so we're going to end up at some point down by the water again But from a fairly open place where we were, on either side of the glen, we're just passing a little wooden gate on our left, likely a deer boundary or something just to contain sheep. Not that there's many around just now. And then we're now entering a little wooded area filled with a complete variety of trees. So many different colours. Again, despite autumn, where so few of the trees have leaves on, but some of them are still hanging on. And you can still tell there all sorts of different varieties, even regardless of leaves, just different shapes in which they grow. There's a little 
blackbird just flown by. I think it was a female, brown. Sometimes it's difficult to tell a female blackbird from a song thrush, but from the little speckles on the chest. Just above us there's a, a tree with red berries on it. Again, my mum would be very disappointed that I couldn't name this. Sometimes the names just escape me in the moment and I can't remember what they are. But we have, yeah, like I said, an assortment of trees. We've got, that's a wee, that's a willow there. I always know a willow. The smoother branches that look so bendy. I used to make bow and arrows out of them when I was a kid. Next to that is an ash. Lots of teeny little twigs coming out the top of that one. But you can already see little buds. It's very interesting, isn't it? Just as soon as they're losing their leaves, they're already preparing for the following season. The crunch of the gravel beneath their shoes is oddly satisfying, isn't it? We'll just walk with a nice gentle pace because we're not in any rush. We've just come across a little grassy bank and just at the top of it is a a huge stone. I love coming across things like this because the, the only way that they arrive here is from up high. And uh, if we look up to our left, there is one of the most popular hills in the Campsies to climb. You get a stunning view from the top of there all over Glasgow. So this rock, it's maybe the size of a, think, think a big coffee table, <laughs> a big coffee table but it weighs about a hundred times as much. There's only one way that it's arrived here and it's just on its own, just a big thing, I can climb up on top of it. A little vantage point. But this rock marks the start of the mountain biking routes along here. A very popular place for people to come with their bikes and follow the path that we're going to be walking down. Let's hop down from the rock. And just walk through the leaves on the grass, down to, back down to the path, up across the wee burn. There's always 
little kind of rain burns and gutters along paths like this just to allow any surface water to run off. Although it's coming into winter, it doesn't mean there's ever any shortage of bird life or wildlife in general. You might be able to hear the little sounds and sings of little robins and chaffinches all around us if we look up to the treetops. You can see them flying between branches, just chatting away with each other, always communicating, always busy, always interesting to watch. Something I discovered a lot about people who maybe don't live or haven't lived in the countryside before. They tend to keep their eyes low and horizontal for the most part. They never tend to look up the way. And if I'm walking with somebody I'll say, oh look, there's a little a little sparrow or a little blue tit and they go, where, where, can't see. But it becomes a habit to be able to keep your vision high and train, train yourself to spot small movements. Because it's amazing what you can actually see when you do just open your eyes a little more. And they may only be small things, these tweety birds. I find them beautiful and very interesting. And wonderful that they can just coexist with us. Nearly completely invisibly, because the majority of people don't really notice that they are there. So yes, even in winter, little birds like robins will become so such a common sight. They always like to hop around and continue to feed. And they are a symbol of winter to so many, aren't they? <laughs> You'll always find them on the front of a Christmas card, with a piece of holly, preferably clutching a little twig with red berries on it if the photographers ask them very nicely to pose. So we're dropping down really quite far now and just coming underneath a huge oak tree. And just underneath our feet there's so many leaves. It's huge carpet. You can run our feet through. Your crisp old leaves. If you were a child, which, let's face it, we are, we're just a bit older, a bit bigger. It never becomes any less satisfying just to grab. Grab a handful and just run them through your fingers or 
If I wasn't carrying you, I would maybe get down and make a leaf angel. Satisfying crackles of them. Oh, feet are practically disappearing beneath them. Oh, and then you look up and such is the size of the tree from which these came from. It's even surprising there's not more, but it's enormous. This is also the real world. And because we're not too far from the city, as you will have heard, there is an element of air traffic that we have to just contend with, but at the same time, I've always loved plane spotting. Something I've always quite enjoyed, especially on sky, strangely enough, although that's so far away up north. The flight paths for so many flights going to America actually. Hello to all the Americans listening. Uh, yeah, it'd be a very common place for planes that have taken off from Manchester and Glasgow and Edinburgh to fly straight over the highlands and islands and it'd sit there with pair of binoculars and just watch them go overhead. And for the most part they were silent, but it was always really enjoyable to listen to them as they came over. And just under here we've got the flight path of them coming into land. So yes, it's man-made noise and man-made power, but I still enjoy it. We're still walking down, down the hill. negotiating the bracken on both sides. It's getting more and more knitted with brambles now. Careful not to snag our jackets on them. Goodness knows I've done that so many times. And just underneath the path you can hear a wee stream flowing under. There's more water running off the hill. Something so soothing about the sound of running water. Now just to watch on both sides where we cross the mountain bike path. On a day like today we're unlikely to find too many cyclists. Be far too cold for that. So down below we're just coming to the point where the path turns back on itself and it's going to reach a small fence that borders a field. And in that field, a few wee lone sheep are wandering about, minding their own business. 
looking as daft as they always do. Nobody tends to bother the sheep here. Not unless they're in the middle of the road, which they quite often are. But even here you can get an incredible view out over Glasgow. In the distance we can see lots of the city centre. Little teeny little skyscrapers. There's not many in Glasgow, but some of the taller buildings just making themselves known. Right where the horizon meets the sky, it's so hazy. All the same kind of grey. In front of that there's a few little steam stacks. Just industrial places. Such an interesting light today. The sun is present, but... The layer of cloud is that thick, it's just struggling to get any light through more than just a uniform kind of daylight glow. Down and down we walk, getting steeper and steeper all the time. Little pebbles threatening to just tumble away beneath the tread on our boots. Combined with the leafy mulch from the fallen leaves of the trees, it wouldn't be so dramatic as to say it was hazardous, but you just have to keep your wits about you. It's when you get complacent, that's when you slip. And make yourself look like a fool. Now, from the majority of oak and birch leaves, there's little. What are those? Let's have a closer look at them. It's kind of a purpley leaf. Maybe it's some kind of cedar. Birch, or all of them. <laughs> there are so many types of leaves, it's always hard to know which trees they've come from when they've taken on a completely different appearance because they're no longer with the tree that they were on. Another little stream, just following the path on our left. Tinkling little falls of water, just bubbling away. I like to think of small streams like this one as like large waterfalls, but just shrunken down to a tiny scale. Pretend you're a giant. This reminds you that every part of the natural world is just a 
bigger or smaller version of itself somewhere else. Although these are small waterfalls, they are still waterfalls and just as integral to the environment around us. This is nice. Let's just rest here for a wee while. Enjoy the sound of those crisp tombras of the water hitting itself. Just taking note of little songbirds tweeting away in the distance. Over beyond the tree line, you can still hear the roar of the main glen water rushing away, hissing through the trees. We're not so far from it now. Something so relaxing about listening to water running like this. A few little leaves are stirring in the wee basin where the water meets itself again. In an endless cycle of being pulled down beneath the surface and popping back up again. Just to be pulled down again by the water. Like the leaf is a lone sock stuck in your washing machine. If you look up, you can see the treetops gently sway in the breeze. And with no leaves to catch the wind, it's left pretty much entirely up to the branches. catch a little of the current, which they do, on a cold day like this. 
all alone in the wilderness. So very tranquil to be somewhere that's so devoid of summer feeling colours. It still feels so rich and full of life. The sound of the water and the birds. You can imagine being tucked up in bed, all warm and toasty, on this cool winter's day. And then you can have the best of both. 